0: You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 56. Boy, this is going to be a good one. And i got to say, kind of depending on where you are, 57 might even be better. Because Fred Dodson is back in the house. I was able to connect with Fred today from his villa in Phoenix, where he has relocated. You'll hear about that in the story. And... We talked about two things. We talked about the latest book, which is now out both on uh, Amazon as a book and Audible as an audio book, narrated by me. <laughs> and that's what I wanted to set the stage of. The book is called The Communication Course, and it is about effective communication. And as Fred will allude to at the beginning of the podcast, is that's something that has been a big part of his package as he has done seminars over the last two decades. So a lot of great tips on effective communication. It's not a long read or listen either. The audio book is about three and a half hours, I believe. So corresponding time to read the book. If you want to get more out of both, buy them both. Get the book and the audio. Read and listen at the same time. It is far more effective. Physician friends of mine have proven that in research studies that you retain and hold on to longer information that you use multiple sensory perception to grasp. So if you listen, you get the audible, you get the visual at the same time. And this is good material, so it's going to feel good as well. See, you get three senses for the price of two. But it's noteworthy to go back and think about how I came across this. Because remember, kind of the theme that I've set up for myself for this year is the IIR intention. Intuition and lack of resistance. Intuition is what led me to Fred. So I was getting ready to go on a bike ride one afternoon. I think it was about 4.30 in the afternoon. And I was filling up my water bottles at the sink. And I'm trying to recount this story accurately. Not unlike some of the stories in the news, there were no uh, rifle shots at the bicycle. I was not hit. I did not have to make an emergency landing in a ditch. (laughs) <laughs> a little current affair going on here in early 2015. Brian Williams, the anchor of NBC News, is in some hot water because he didn't recount all this the story of about 12 years ago completely accurate, embellished it just a little bit. So I was filling up my water bottles with this super high-powered <laughs> – I was just putting water, tap water, in fact, in the water bottles, and uh, got this prompt that just said – Contact Fred Dodson and ask if he would let you consider doing his audiobooks. I'd been reading his material, had never spoken to him. He didn't know me from Adam, but I was at a point in my life where I was really starting to exercise and flex these muscles and use this teaching. So I put the water bottles down and the bike ride had to wait for a few minutes. I went over to the computer and I typed up a fairly short, email just explaining who I was. I believe I, if I remember, and this is where, see, this is where you got to give Brian Williams some slack because I can't remember. I probably put an audio sample attachment in there, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. So I'm going to qualify that. (laughs) But Fred responded the next morning about 5.30. And listen, this was so cool the way this came down. And by 7.30, we had gone through the process of Engaging through the website where we do these uh, audio, where we do these for Audible, and we had the thing up done, and we were on our way. And Fred said afterwards that I hit him at just the right time. There, he had been using another narrator, and something happened there, and he was looking, and it just, you know, it was just that—that's that universe connection that we've been talking about in this podcast, where when you get that clear voice that really clear intuition that you'll, you'll learn what that is for yourself. You'll learn that communication from within, if you will, since we're talking about communication on this podcast. Listen to yourself. Communicate effectively with yourself because that intuition knew that Fred was ripe in that moment and that he had a need that I could fill, and they just brought us together. That's the magic of how this works. And it is so cool. So the first book was Reality Creation Technique. It's a book that comes in two parts, basically, about how to manifest things in your life. He liked the result, and we did the second one, which is his biggest, most popular, best-selling book, Parallel Universes of Self. Parallel Universes is about 14 and a half hours. It goes into the whole realm. It's kind of like the ultimate thesis of manifesting and bringing things into your life and, as the title suggests, how you can literally exist in parallel realities and switch from one to the other almost as easily as changing channels on a television. If you're curious about this and haven't looked at it and for some reason have not pulled the trigger... Go read the reviews on Amazon, and you'll see what I'm talking about, about how people have received this material as some of the most advanced, leading-edge, different material. You haven't heard this. You, You don't get this on the street. Fred has some insights because of his background and his past that are unique to him, and they cannot be duplicated by, I would say, dare say, anybody else. He is truly like a snowflake. They broke the mold When they made Fred Dodson, and he is special. His material is incredible. He has insights that I I say I just haven't read the depth of insights that Fred has in anybody else. So then the third book that we did is Levels of Energy, and that book really shifted my life. And some of you have been writing, Where Are Some of the Podcasts? Yeah, they're out of sequence. And see, it's a problem because. As you post these on the Internet, you can do podcast one, podcast two, podcast three. And then, you, as you know, I do in the introduction, I say, this is subconscious mind mastery podcast number whatever. Well, as I decided that some of the podcasts were not of the level of energy that I wanted this series to represent, I simply took them down. So now it goes, you know, like number four or something is missing. And I don't know how to fix that without just taking an absorbent amount of time to correct it. So. I don't know. We'll have to, I'll have to keep thinking. If any of you uh, internet folks have really great ideas, how can I relabel the, the internet, the web page, or the content page that, that you see in iTunes without changing the open? I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I just some of the podcasts were, as I was developing and growing and coming through this process in my own life, I realized that some of them were definitely from a lower level of energy. But I just wanted to raise the bar. I wanted this podcast series to represent and draw people into higher energy levels. And Fred's book unlocked that for me. And also, as I was finishing the last couple of chapters, so I was up in the real high area levels of energy, the 500s, 600s, 700s, I had to go to an appointment. And I left downtown Dallas, which I rarely do much anymore. And I had to drive up to Irving, Texas and almost was involved in an accident on the freeway. And it was because I totally, it was, I, I couldn't describe this in any other way than just, it was that there was a hand on my shoulder, there was another foot on my brake, there was a buffer out in front of me that kept me from what would have become a serious multi-vehicle accident, somebody stopping in front of me, Uh, a driver that was erratic and lost control of their vehicle. And instead of it being a multi-vehicle accident, it only ended up being a one-car accident. Fortunately, I don't think the lady was hurt terribly bad. She did have to go to the hospital, and I was the next car in line. That was levels of energy. If I had not been buzzing in those high levels of energy from reading that book, Something devastating could have happened. So that's the package that you get. That's the power that I've experienced firsthand by reading and adopting the principles that Fred Dodson teaches into my life. And then, of course, after Parallel Universes of Self, just amazing things started to show up in my world. That is one whale of an introduction. (laughs) So, with no further ado, we will go to the interview now. This is Fred Dodson talking about his latest book called The Communication Course. Fred, welcome back to Subconscious Mind Mastery.
1: Hello, Thomas. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to be talking to you from Arizona now. You are hopping around, and you were there for the Super Bowl, I guess. Uh, That had to have been fun to be in Phoenix during the Super Bowl.
1: It was. I was only a few blocks away from the Super Bowl. I felt its energy. Did not attend, but I felt its energy. Yeah, um, that's, that's yeah.
0: great. Let's uh, let's talk about this new book that you wrote and I narrated for you and is available on Amazon if you'd like to buy the book and Audible.com if you'd like to buy the audio book or if you'd like to combine them and buy both. That's the best way to learn. The communications course. So this was a little different tact for you from reality creation technique and parallel universes of self and levels of energy. Why did you decide to delve into this topic, this very important topic of communications?
1: Uh, It's one of the things I've been teaching in seminars. In fact, uh, it's where I started when I was in my early 20s. I started as as a communications and NLP trainer. Hmm. And an English teacher, but I don't mention that too often. Uh, <laughs> so so it's, it's where it's, it's back to my roots.
0: Oh, that's interesting. What was your intention then in writing the book?
1: My intention was to put everything I knew about it into a book because I know a whole lot about it. I've been communicating with people for 20 years, so... That calls for a book, does it not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Best way to start, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then an audio book and a podcast and seminars and the whole package. So exactly. you definitely take communication, though, into an area that most people would not connect it. So when we think of communication, you know, a lot of people immediately would think of Uh, maybe a corporate training session. And right off the bat, you even say that this material is not so fit for that because you bring it into the world of spirituality. And it really is, communication is a form of energy exchange.
1: Well, if you're going to write a new book, you, you have to go somewhere that previous books haven't been yet. Otherwise, there's no point in writing the book, right? So
0: um, <laughs> it's hard to do these days too. So
1: to, to write something that's that's not on the market yet is yeah. hard to do. Yes, but if you're not going to find that, that that extra edge, there's there's no point in writing it. I always start out a book with the idea: if this is not going to be the best on the market, you know, it it never is the best. But that's the attitude with which I write. Then I'm not going to write it.
0: Well, absolutely. So
1: it takes communication beyond mere words and and speech patterns and what have you, uh, um, into energy as communication, as energy exchange. That's right. I pulled a
0: couple of sections out of this. I thought we'd hit a couple of the high points. Here was one thing that you said about this connecting communication and energy that puts it on a whole different level. Here's a secret that will change your life. And I'm not giving away the whole book here. Just one, one little thing. Here's a secret that will change your life. Rather than being concerned with how people see you, be concerned for their well-being. That will shift your aura radically and your presence will fill the whole plane, train, room, etc. Talk about that for a second, about just how you project yourself out to other people and the agenda or the intention of how you do walk into the room.
1: Well, lack of communication is is actually being preoccupied with yourself too much. So that would be, how do I look? What do people think of me? Am I making a good impression? And and that's a real stopper. It introverts your attention, and you appear uninteresting to people because you're constantly concerned and preoccupied with yourself. You know, you, you don't really care about anything. You're not present. You're not aware. And all of that changes when you simply uh, shift your focus to 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 the other, which is what I've been doing in my work for the last 20 years. And it's helped me solve all of my problems. Because if you're concerned with others all the time, you have no problems of your own. Hmm. <laughs> and it also helps you um, appear brighter to others appear more there, you know, more present, more present. Yeah. And and that's something lacking in in many parts of the world, Um, less so in America, by the way. I notice that every time I fly back to America, that people's attention is more extroverted. They're more into others. Uh, But still, even here, people could could work on that, you know. Um, Wow.
0: I'm surprised to hear that because it seems like today we have so many interruptions and distractions in front of us, especially that little device called our cell phone. Right.
1: Yeah. It it used to be better right now. Lots of attention goes to the smartphone and it's it blocks communication. It's an annoyance. You know, nobody's really present anymore. They're just uh, with something else in a little white box or black box in their hands but you can
0: text people that's how we do it now <laughs>
1: yeah but those people are never present you
0: know no they're not and there's no energy in a text that's for sure well sometimes there is it depends on what kind of text you get, but... <laughs> yeah we've all had those all right, so let's think about when we are in the presence of somebody. And, and I, I have to say, this probably is a good um, tandem read, or at least they fit hand in glove, would be the book Levels of Energy. Because then you understand totally what Fred is talking about here of being in different levels of energy in within communication. But we all interact with people that are of a different energy. I live in a tower in downtown Dallas and frequently get on the elevator and somebody will get on a different floor and, you know, they got a hoodie on and their face is down, their shoulders are up, their head is buried in that hood. And a lot of the times they'll have their face stuck in the cell phone and you just, the energy feel of that aura is distant and not present like you're talking about and away, And it's just, it's kind of an ugly energy. So when you're in communication with energy that is not yours, that's below yours. How do you suggest we handle that?
1: The thing is, I used to be introverted myself. I didn't want to talk to people. I liked to be alone. I liked to meditate. I didn't like people at all.
0: (laughs) You're a Scorpio, aren't you, if I remember? No, no,
1: I'm an Aquarius. Oh, you're an
0: Aquarian. Okay, all right, all right, all right.
1: I just just didn't like people, but um, I forced myself – to extrovert, because in general, it does make you happier. Energy exchange, you're not an island, you're not living alone on the planet. Energy exchange does make you happier. And many people don't know that. They believe, like I believed, that um, having a hood over your head and being to your lonesome self protects you. Mm -hmm. it it protects you from people so i used to be like that so i understand these people but it does not make you happier what makes you happy is to exchange with others and to benefit from their energy and their presence so those people would have to or could learn what i learned now you as the as the uh as the other person in the elevator i guess um you know there's there's nothing you can do about that you just uh send them well wishes that's what you can do <laughs> may, may may you be well or you say bye-bye to them you know or uh, have a nice day
0: what about let's apply this in two areas where people generally are dealing with every day let's say in the workplace you have somebody who uh, you know the typical uh, backstabber for example somebody who would like to climb over your head to get up the ladder how do you communicate with that kind of person
1: well the idea is to first reduce your own uh Aversion, your own resentment, because as you approach others with resentment, it, you you don't help them out of that. Okay, you can um, you can be blunt or frank with them and open and tell them what you don't like about them. That's okay, but you don't have to radiate resentment all day. What, what what people generally want, even if they deny it, is attention. So anybody who's causing trouble, um, in in my view, lacks attention. They're calling for attention by causing trouble it's what kids do from from a young age whenever they cause trouble <laughs> it's all about getting attention
0: you know that's true very true
1: yeah so um if we're talking about how to how to deal with uh troublemakers or introverts in general it's how you deal with all people through attention and that doesn't mean always being loving being loving is helpful but it doesn't always mean that you know you can also straight talk with them. But it, it all comes down to there's something they're lacking, which, which goes back to attention. And you want to help them get that attention first from you. And then eventually, they'll have to learn to give themselves the, the respect and attention. So I, I think I write in the book that there's many levels of, of dealing with people, Uh, Depending on their energy and and depending on yours, so I don't want to go into detail here because I don't know the exact scale I wrote. Just read the book, you know,
0: (laughs) buy the book, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and listen to the audio book. It's great. (laughs) Right. There was another part that you talked about relating to relationships, particularly, and that is sex. And I was, it caught my attention. Obviously, people always perk up when you talk about sex. And what you say is that sex is one of the highest forms of transferring energy between two people. So well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So obviously when, you know, and there's all kinds of communication things we could go into around that. But if you're, let's say you're not married and or committed, if you have sex with someone, you have to be very careful, very selective because it will affect your energy.
1: Well, I, I personally, my my personal stance is to be a little more choosy who I mix energies with. Yeah. Just a little more choosy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so how's, how's Phoenix you know, working for you? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Retirement village.
0: Uh, if I recall.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, uh, Phoenix <laughs> is no danger to my, to my sex. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> uh, Rio. That, that would be a danger, you know, or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah high energy place too. (laughs) Yeah, Rio, that's a danger, but Phoenix is no danger.
0: Point made. All right, let's talk about authenticity in communication. This was a big section of the book actually that you um, talked about being authentic because most of the time (laughs) I deal with it every day um, and I'm sure everybody else does That A lot of the times we humans are not authentic or in integrity when we communicate.
1: We're not, and it's not that easy. you know. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: not. Well, we mask and we hide things. In fact, from the book, you said that uh, here's a, just a summary of how to affect this is crave nothing, resist nothing, state your true intentions without equivocation and externalize your attention and allow yourself to flow a state of gentle humor.
1: Well, if, if you want to be free, completely free, you want to tell the truth more often, okay? W- which will give you a sense of having nothing to lose and nothing to hide. And in that state of authenticity, of being who you really are, saying no to who and what is not right for you, saying yes to what is, you feel more free and you affect others more positively. So if, if I, let's say I don't want to, go on this trip with whoever, and I say yes to that, I'm going to be grumpy the whole ride with them. That's not going to benefit me or them. So I've been inauthentic by saying yes to the trip, and it's, it's, it's a waste of life mm. you know, for, for, for them and for me. Now, had I said no to the trip and they'd have gotten angry, um, that anger would, would only last a short while. Their trip would be much easier and, and, and much more happy. Thanks to my authenticity of saying, no, I don't want to go on that trip, and I never will. In fact, I'm never going on that trip, and I don't want to spend time with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it's real, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't – I probably in real life – I wouldn't put it that harshly, but, um, you know it, – it, it benefits him in the long run because he sees what's 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 really what my real stance is and what's really going on, you know. And he might ask, "Uh, oh, why don't you want to be with me?" And I say, "Well, you haven't taken a bath in, in five weeks. <laughs> Go take a bath, <laughs> please."
0: <laughs> well, when you say "crave nothing, resist nothing, state your true intentions," etc., "crave nothing" in communication, we could stop right there because don't we? manipulate so much of other people because we do crave something. We want something. We have an agenda and we're going to communicate with you about
1: getting my agenda. Yeah, it's easier said than done. The, the crave nothing, of course. Hmm. Um, yeah. But you can, you know, I think it might be impossible not to crave anything, but it can be reduced. So if, 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 if you find yourself getting too much into craving you can reduce that and, and regain some perspective you know and treat the other person as a as a human being The the problem is that we usually only communicate with people when we want something of them and that's a little bit like like being a child you know <laughs> a child only comes to you when it wants something from you and um, it's it's no basis for successful interaction with people when when you have nothing to give and only to crave.
0: <laughs> right. We've mentioned children now twice, so they're starting to get a pattern here. Maybe we are a little childish in our manipulative uh, human behaviors. Uh, another key topic that you mentioned was fear, and you and I are going to do a coaching podcast next. I'm taking Fred up. Guys, Fred said you can talk about anything, so I'm going to take him up on this. And the next podcast will be a coaching call with Fred working through something with me. And one of those things that we're going to work on is fear. And in the book, you say fear is the magnet that draws strange, undesirable stuff into your life. Boy, that is so true. It is like the ultimate attraction magnet, fear and we bring it into communication so often like you just described not saying something because we fear the response or being
1: afraid to say something yeah the minute fear pops up i handle it i no longer in my life i no longer let it go on for hours and hours you know it should be in my view a matter of minutes and it should be handled that very instant so how to handle fear well you uh you have to slow down Because fear is uh, accelerated heart rate, accelerated uh, breathing, uh, accelerated tension, and that has to be released and slowed down. So the, the moment fear pops up, my default reaction now these days is to breathe more deeply, make my movements more slow, my speaking more calm, and that instantly takes off the edge of the fear, but the fear's not gone yet. You want to look at what thought is creating the fear. We can do that in our session, okay? All right. uh, there's there's a few typical steps, but the idea is to never communicate or do something or make decisions in a state of fear ever.
0: Very good point. And we'll just let that be a pitch right. or a promotion for the next podcast because we'll go through this in detail. And if you – obviously, if you're interested in this, buy the book, listen to the audio because it talks about health, relationships, money. Uh, Fred talks about familiarity, reducing fear. Obviously, uh, take public speaking. The more you do it, the less afraid of the crowd you are, right? They're not going to come bite you. So
1: yeah that, that's that's in fact one way to handle fear is you walk up to what you're afraid of and do it again and again and again and again, such as public speaking so after my my fiftieth time of public speaking, the problem wasn't fear, it was boredom. <laughs> <laughs> different,
0: different issue, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Different energy altogether. So that had been a bit been a progress from fear to up to boredom. And then the new challenge was to regain enthusiasm, you know. So um, that that's one way to handle fear by, by doing it again and again.
0: And of course, public speaking, which you've been doing seminars for a couple of decades now, but public speaking is America's number one Paranoia. We're more afraid of public speaking than just about anything else.
1: Exactly. So what you do is you publicly speak <laughs> no, over and over and over again. That's that, that's the quickest way to handle it. You can uh, also you can manipulate your thinking and your feeling to feel less fear. It's always good to you don't have to eliminate fear entirely. It's it's OK to have just a little bit. It's the dose that matters so the dose of fear determines whether you're broken by by public speaking or or inspired motivated
0: there's another section in the book talking about that too and by the way on speaking i've mentioned on this podcast before too if you need a place to go speak and you want to work this out like fred is talking about go find a local toastmasters club because it's geared the whole thing is structured around speaking And it will really help you get out of your shell on this and instill confidence. If you want confidence in your life and you just want a place where you can go once a week and do it and repeat it like he's talking about, Toastmasters is a great place to do that.
1: Great idea, Thomas. Fantastic.
0: Another section uh, that you discuss, and this is obviously important to me, is good vocal techniques. I think so much now of, again, our cell phone culture. And just something has shifted away from the beauty of the language that we used to experience when we were growing up and in in past decades. Now it's, hey, what up, man? And we've just become sloppy in good vocal techniques.
1: Laziness, yeah. um, It's a laziness of speech that uh, inhibits well, you, it depends on what you want. If you don't want any success in life, it doesn't really matter, you know. Well, that's true. <laughs> what up? Like, uh, what are you doing after the <laughs>
0: See you at the skateboard park, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or in Phoenix. I'll see you on the bench at the park. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I th- it's sure. It's it's a tiredness. You know, I my, my own speech is better in the morning than after days of work. And after days of work, I might, you know, be, be, be more terse in my speech. Yeah, that's it's a true. matter of energy. If you don't have the energy, you're not going to uh, put any effort into into what you say.
0: Well, that's true. And I think one of the big takeaways is presence that I keep going back to that. And it was the end of the book concluded with that as well, that. We need to be present. I. It was interesting. I was doing just a little reading before coming in this morning, and uh, picked up. I had been reading through the book uh, Acres of Diamonds, and there's a section in there where he it's talks beautiful. about. Yeah, it's an it's a it's a great book. It's just a great reminder to go back and realize that what you're looking for is right under your feet. You know, it's, you're standing on top of it. If you just would look around, but there's one section in there where he talks about uh, Civil War. Uh, general or Civil War officer, I didn't quite lock on to who he was, but a Civil War officer was given a meeting in Washington with President Lincoln. And back then, of course, security is nothing as it is today. And they ushered him in. And the secretary, the president's secretary said, uh, just there's his door right there. Go knock on the door and he'll let you in. And then the secretary took off and left and went down the hall. And this army officer said he was far more afraid of knocking on that door than he was of anything he experienced in the battlefield. (laughs) But he knocked on the president's door and the president said, come in, please come in and have a seat. And then and then didn't look at him. So he walked up to the president's desk, sits down and he says Lincoln had his head in a stack of papers and he was writing. And for just a few minutes and he said he acknowledged, he said, I'll be right with you. And and he kept his focus on those papers, and then he folded them up. I guess back then they used a thread or a string to tie around the papers. He rolled them up, tied them, set them off to the side. There was nothing else on his desk. He leaned forward and he said, hi, how can I help you? And gave the man his full attention. You know, we don't do that like that anymore. I thought that was a really cool story.
1: It's a beautiful example of presence, isn't it?
0: Focus on one thing at a time and exactly. give it your full attention.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's what highly um, sought after people do because people are grabbing for their attention all day, so they have to learn to manage their attention. Attention management is important for people in those positions. The book is called The Communications Course,
0: and there's an audiobook on audible.com. The book, the Kindle version, etc., is available on Amazon.com. Fred Dodson, thank you again for being with us. Now, we're going to pitch this next podcast as well because we're going to do a little coaching session. So that will be on the next one. Thank you for writing this book, and thank you again for allowing me to be your voice.
1: Uh, you're welcome, Thomas. It was great communicating with you.
0: Likewise. <laughs> Effectively, <laughs> nonetheless. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I do hope that you will stop by Amazon and Audible and pick up, especially pick up the audiobook. I mean, because we both get paid for that. (laughs) You know, if you just, just buy the book, that would be a good thing to do, too. I want to tease the next podcast. This is a treat. Fred is going to walk me through a coaching session on a couple of areas that I want to address in my life. Fear over stepping into another area that I want to pursue because I'm afraid that the money won't be there. And oh my, we get into far more than that. So you'll just have to roll right on up to number 57. We will see you there. Thanks for listening. It really is a fun journey. Enjoy your journey. This is Thomas Miller. Thank you for listening.